0: When we went back to the funeral, I was talking to the pastor that married us. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, he had, on our wedding day, he had a prophetic word. He pulled me to the back room and had a prophetic word for me saying, you know, the Lord was going to use me. Lord. Now, mine, I was not saved. <laughs> I was not saved. I wasn't trying to think about the Lord. and But he's given me this prophetic word, right? But it had always stuck with me. It really did. It always stuck with me. But, you know, it was good to see him. Good to reconnect. And, uh, you know. Now he see where we are today, right? right? Which is glory to God. Amen. 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 Right. So God, God is good. God is real. You know. Yes, He is. And God is a He's a strengthener to us, right? Amen. So, you know, sometimes days may get harder, One thing I did discuss with Him, you know, uh, you know, starting the ministry and everything, and I think I said it a couple weeks ago that, you know. I've never been attacked physically to being sick at all until we started this ministry. (laughs) Right? I've been healthy, my family's healthy and everything, but we have been attacked. You know, so y'all keep us in prayer. You know, and it wasn't just me, per se. You know, it was just other things that we we just haven't shared yet. You know, but it's what he said. The pastor said this, he said, you know, if he wasn't doing God's will, his plan, his purposes, probably wouldn't be attacked, right? And that's probably why the Lord had me even reading through Acts, and throughout the New Testament, to see the attacks that Paul had, right? Because, you know, when we want things and we desire things, rather not necessarily want because I didn't want this. <laughs> I say, but when we desire things and God places things in our heart, we, we sometimes think that we're going to have an easy road because God's behind us. But it, it's not that way, right, mother? It's not that way, right? So sometimes, we you know, we feel attacks come in, and, you know, sometimes we may want to give up, right? But we can't give up, because we, we know people personally that have given up. given up totally on the Lord, right? And we can't do that, right? Because we live in a fallen world, right? Attacks are going to come, but we're to draw closer to God. Amen. More. Amen. Right? we got to press yeah. in even more. So even though our flesh you, may Jesus. not want to do it, we have to do it, right, because the spirit is willing, the spirit is willing, right, but the flesh is weak, Mm -hmm. right, I was talking to somebody else, actually at a little uh, police ministry group, and one of them was saying, yeah, they pray and they fall asleep, I said, well, guess what, the disciples did too, (laughs) Sure, the the disciples did too, right, and and I've been guilty of it too, right, Uh, but, you know, we got to continue to press on. we got to continue to fight because, you know, we are we are literally in the end times, right? You've know, heard me say that before. Um, that things are not going to get better, right? We, we have all these pestilences, this disease diseases, even the heat waves that are taking place, right? These are unprecedented temp- temperatures that are taking place. You know, even us, we wanted it hot after being in the wintertime, right? But I ain't want it this hot. <laughs> But you know what? God is in control because, like we always say, Jesus warned us of these things, right? right. And then even now, what uh, I think it's the what is it? The World Health Order they declared monkeypox. Um, that, and, I, and I'm looking at the numbers. I'm like, okay, 16,000 people, out of 75 countries. That's not a lot, right? That's not. That's not even half a rich people, right? But we're going to see things like this, right? And, and it's all designed to cause fear. And things like that, but we got to stand on the word of God. Amen. 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 So, once again, thank you all for your prayers. And it's good to be back. Alright, so let's dig into this word, alright? Alright, so let's see where we're going. We were talking about the church's mission. And this will be part six. And we're going to continue on to be like Jesus. Let's turn to Matthew chapter four. Again, and we'll read. Actually, let's turn to uh Mark chapter one first. Mark chapter one, verse 14. I don't plan to be before you long, but we'll see. I know I've said that before, and 50, 60 minutes late, I'm still talking. (laughs) But I don't plan to be before you long so the mother can go get her ice cream. So Mark, uh, chapter 1, I will read verse 14, 15. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Amen. Let's turn that out to Matthew chapter 4. Galilee, teaching in his synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought him and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed epileptics, and paralytics and he healed them. So great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from the capitalists, Jerusalem, Judea and beyond the Jordan. So, let's start right there. So, you know, we, we've read this scripture before. And, you know, what Jesus did was He came to teach, and preach, and heal. Alright? And we'll talk about healing here in, the, in the, uh, about maybe next week. But we're going to focus in on the teaching and the preaching today. The thing about Jesus is, you know, you had the religious leaders back then that were teaching the people. But the thing was, they were teaching a religion. When Jesus came teaching... He came differently. He came as one teaching authority. Right? And I read before, I read the scripture where you know, the guards were sent to arrest Jesus, but they couldn't because they were captivated by His words. Right? And if we sit up here, because what happens is this, in the church we get hooked on the healings, the signs and the wonders, and all those things are good, and they're all from God, of God rather, and they're all good. But Jesus wasn't someone who was a healer and went about just teaching and preaching. But he was a teacher and preacher who went and healed people. Because even in the midst of healing, you'd be hard-pressed to find maybe a couple times where he healed where well, he didn't teach. Most times, even when Jesus healed, he was still teaching lessons. He was still teaching the Word. Why? Because he wanted all people to be doctrinally sound. right? Those that were following him and see the religious leaders were putting burdens on. Right. And sometimes people still do it today in the different religions. They'll put burdens on people. And then sometimes, you know, the exact opposite will make it very loose. And and, but Jesus wants us again to walk and follow that narrow path. Amen. Let's turn to Matthew chapter nine. Teaching and the preaching, vital to the ministry. Alright, so Matthew chapter 9 is going to be familiar in, in what we just read in 4, verse, beginning at verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in his synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So right now, we'll start right there real quick. Right now, Jesus is back in his home city, in Capernaum. But in Matthew chapter 4, he was in Galilee. So he was in the region. So, we know through archaeological findings that there was at least 50 synagogues in Galilee at that time, right? There's probably more, but they have evidence of at least 50. So that means Jesus was going around from the synagogues preaching and teaching the Word, right? And he did it out in the open too because he went to the people, right? So he considered it vital. Now he's coming back to his, own, his city where he's living in, and he's teaching, preaching, preaching. And healing, right? So he went from a region. He went he w- to go to cities and he goes to villages. So in order for us to be like Jesus, that's what we need to do. We need to teach, preach, and heal, right? We don't do the healing. God does the healing, right? But we have to let people know that God is a healer, yeah. right? The, we we don't we don't get caught up into the signs and the wonders to where we're following those things because true for the matter is, when we see in the New Testament that yeah, some people. Jesus performed miracles, and some people did come to Jesus because of the miracles. But a lot of people didn't. So we can't say, and I've been guilty of saying in the past that, just because, you know, let's pray, and let's see, you know, um, pray for the miracles to happen, and then people are going to come to Jesus. It doesn't always work like that, right? Because people came to Jesus because of his word. Let's turn to John. Let's go to John chapter 4. Because what happens when you come to Jesus because of the miracles? What happens when you have another need and the miracle is not there? Or one. And the miracle is not there. Then what's going to happen? You're going to fall away just like some of these early disciples did. Alright, so let's go to John chapter 4. Let's see what verse that is. Verse 41. John chapter 4. Actually, I started thirty-nine. John chapter four, verse thirty-nine. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So, the, so when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two more two two not two more days two days. And many more believed because of his own words. So they believed because of the word of Jesus. He didn't have to perform a miracle. They took him at his word. Right? In verse 42, Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So Jesus didn't have to perform a miracle to the Samaritans here. Right? Remember, the Samaritans, the Jews considered them enemies. But here, they listened to Jesus and listened to his word. And they believed on him just because it worked. Now, let's scroll down to verse, verse 46. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son. For he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, unless you you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. So, let's stop right there. So, Jesus is telling these people, you have to see the signs in order for you to believe. But yet, now, these are his own people. But yet, the Samaritans just took him at his word. Right? Sometimes, oftentimes, people are going to have to take us at our word on what we give them. Because what we're given, what we should give them, is the word. Amen. Right? Because, see, we, we, we differ teaching and preaching a lot of times, but they're really the same. Because we should be preaching about the kingdom, and we should be teaching about the kingdom. The emphasis just might be different. Right? And we'll get to a little bit more about that a little bit later. Teaching is important. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says this. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. So what is doctrine? We talked about doctrine a few times here. Doctrine is teaching. So they stayed steadfastly in, a, in the apostles' doctrine. their teaching. So what, what does steadfastly mean? Steadfastly means this. To be devoted. To adhere to. To be attentive. And adhere means to believe and follow the practices of. So that's how important teaching and the preaching is, right? Because if we don't have teaching and preaching, then what? We won't be sound in doctrine, right? Because guess what? We can read the Word. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be a teacher. It's called to be a teacher. The Bible tells us that, right? But we should all be taught. We should all come together and hear the Word and be taught the Word. And as we go through the Bible, that's why we do what we do on Wednesday. Right? Because remember, we used to do what? We used to, somebody get picked for Wednesdays, and then do 5-15 minutes, but now we're actually going through the Word of God. Why? Because many times I read Acts, each time we go through it, I see something that I didn't Amen. see before. Amen. Right? And that's why it's important for us to read. Amen. Right? Amen. So, make sure we're reading. Right. <laughs> it's important for us to read because we can never get enough. And then even as we went through the beginning, we would read in Ezra and Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 8 talks about how Nehemiah and the elders, they got up to read the Word. And then they began to do what? To expound on the Word. Mm-hmm. Why? Wow. So people will have understanding of the Word. Because if we don't have understanding, then we're in danger of one being deceived or another one uh, getting taken out by the enemy. Yeah. Right? So we have, we can't get caught up in the miracles. And another sign for uh, another word, not sign, another word for miracles is signs. This is where we get signs and wonders from, right? Because it is the word that has to be planted in a heart that's that's got to grow. Amen. Amen. So the synagogues back in that day, who well, can be considered today as being a church, because all you had to do, in case you didn't know. In order to have a synagogue in any city, all you had to do was have 10 men, 10 Jewish men. That's it. And then you can establish a synagogue. Right? It, so just imagine, just say when I talked about the 50, if Jesus just went and there was only 10 in each one, that was at least 500 people, even though we know there was more than that. That was having an effect. And then what Jesus was doing was teaching others. So why? So now, as we get taught, we can go teach other people. Right? Let's turn to Second uh, Timothy, chapter 2. 2 Timothy, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. So now this is Paul writing to Timothy. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So Paul is writing Timothy saying, hey, you learn from me, now go teach others. That, that Guess what? Now they can go and teach others. Why? So now the church can continue to grow. Right? So, verse 3. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer farmer, must, must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. See, in order to endure hardship... We have to know the Word. We have, to, we, we have to know the Word. We have to have the Word in our hearts, like I said. And we have to have sound doctrine and know the context of the Scripture. That's what's going to make us stronger. Right? So, sometimes we could be in church and you may see some people sit there and it may be quiet. Especially elderly people. They'll sit there they'll be quiet. But once you start talking to them, you realize they really know the Word. It's the Word that starts to come out of them. And that's the word. it's the Word that should come out of us. Right, so if other things are coming out of us, then you know we can be in danger of being tossed to and fro, right? Because we could talk one thing but believe another, right? And Phil talked about it a while back that we don't know what's in people's hearts, right? We don't know unless the Lord gives us a sermon or as we hear. Because my wife gets on me; she doesn't like it. I said it before that I'm very in tune to what people say, right? So I can, I, I can listen and tell when people are going through stuff, right? I just may not say something all the time, but I can tell when somebody's in fear, right? But words are very powerful. Words, words are strong, and that's why we have to be careful of what we say, right? We don't want to just jump out and say things where now we, we're going to say, well, it's the spirit that's causing me to say this, when it's really our flesh and our mind. So we have to be careful of those things. All right. So, all right, So, typically we make a distinction between preaching and teaching. The latter has more to do with the transfer of content or information, while preaching is generally characterized by exhortation and practical application. In practice, however, there is considerable overlap between the two. Good preaching must include teaching in which the application is grounded, and good teaching always carries with it energy toward holy, holy living. Right? So... Every teacher is not going to be a pastor, but every every pastor should be a teacher, right? And, and you know, I don't know if y'all have ever been to a services where you may have a group of pastors there, maybe four or five, and then they all of a sudden they start preaching, and um, you know they start passing the mic to one another and things like that. Well, we got to be careful about that because what are you preaching? Because we see in the Word here that Jesus did what? He preached the kingdom of God. We don't preach emotionalism. We don't preach the things of the world. But we preach the kingdom of God. So what's the kingdom of God? Salvation. kingdom of God is faith. The kingdom of God is Jesus Christ. These are the things that we should be preaching about, right? We don't put the emphasis on us. These are the same things that, again, we should be teaching about, right? Because everywhere, we, everywhere you look in the Gospels, that's what Jesus did. He was teaching the people, right? He taught them. Matter of fact, let's go to Matthew 28. Let's go to the Great Commission because... We're quick to quote two-thirds of the Great Commission and miss a very important detail. them but some doubted. Verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now let's look at verse 19 because I'm pretty sure we all know this by heart because we done quoted it, we done heard it quoted. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So let's start right there. We hear that all the time, right? And especially outreach churches they're, they're notorious for this. Right? Go make disciples. Right? Nothing wrong with that. It's the word. But here's where we miss the last third of that. Verse 20. Teaching them. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, what are the things that he's commanded us? Well, you don't even have to leave, Matthew. You go to... Matthew chapter 5, you look at the Beatitudes, right? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they should be filled. Right? What, what else? Verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they should see God. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the sons of God. These are things he commanded. Go over to verse uh, chapter 6. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. These are things that Jesus commanded. Right? And these are the things that we should be teaching. His commandments. But yet, we don't teach these things, nor do we preach these things in today's time. And we have to be careful of that because now are we truly teaching the Word of God? These things are important. Alright? So He teaches us how to pray. Same thing in Matthew uh, chapter 6. He's got the model prayer here. Alright? He teaches about fasting. Not to be seen by men. That's all in Matthew uh, Matthew chapter 6. Verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Where moth and rust destroy. And where these break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust destroys. And where these do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is. There your heart will be also. Now. But in today's world we get taught to do what? To save. Invest. Get rich, right? But what is the true richness? The Word of God. That's right. The Word of God is the true richness. Right? Because you, you, you don't have to be financially wealthy to be successful if you're trusting in Christ Jesus. Amen. Because, again, if He's calling us, then we have to trust Him. And sometimes it's easier for people to believe that than others. Right? <laughs> These are all things, so, uh, oh, right here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. I wasn't intending 10, reading this, because I didn't see this early. Okay. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Are we not more valuable than the birds? Yeah. I know some people in this world consider dogs more important than human life. But, yeah. but <laughs> truth of the matter, we are more valuable in right. the eyes of God. Than the, yeah, we still take care of our animals and our pets. But we are more valuable in the eyes of God. Yeah. right? So if he's taking care of the birds, he's going to take care of us. Right? Right. But yet, we find ourselves worried. Yes. Yes. Right? Over the little things. Right, but we gotta stop. We gotta bring it before the Lord. And I know with our flesh, it can be hard, because it's like I said, from the time we're born, we get taught to live by the flesh. Right? Yeah, work, we get taught to live by the flesh. But at school, we get taught to live by the flesh, and a lot of churches, we get taught to live by the flesh. Right? (laughs) But we gotta learn to live by the Word. Amen. Amen. Right? That is what's going to keep us. That is what's going to sustain us. So if, if and it's like I said a couple weeks ago. There may be moments and times when we may doubt. But that's when we go to God and we be honest with Him. Lord, help my unbelief. Amen. Right? It shouldn't be consistently we're, we're in unbelief. But these are the things that Jesus taught. Alright, verse 28. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you Oh, you of little faith? See, these are things that the Lord wants to take care of us in every area of our life. Amen. Right? Yes. Will we experience hardships? Yes, absolutely. It's just going to make us stronger. Right? That's right. It's going to make us stronger. We're not going to every day our whole entire life experience hardships. All right, But, I think James, for a little while. For a little while. For a little while. For a little while right? For a little while. That's right. And then, sometimes, I think I told Derek this before, sometimes you may need to ask him for a break. That's okay. I'm I've right. done it. Lord, I need a break. <laughs> I need a break. I've done it, and guess what? He is giving me a break. Yeah. He's giving me a break. Because yeah. sometimes it becomes too much. Right? <laughs> but, no, <that's laughs> it's right. going to come back. But that, that, that's okay. That's right? okay. That's okay. 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 That's okay. That's okay. But, These are things, and he teaches us to what? Uh, Going over to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open." These are the simple things that Jesus taught, right, to all the people. These are all, all we have to do, right? But we get afraid, we get worried, right? But he's saying, look, ask. And then keep asking. Yeah. Seek me. Keep seeking. These are things that when we teach and when we preach that we should be getting. Right? This goes back again to the Great Commission. This was part of the Great Teaching people to what? Obey what he, His commandments. What He taught. Amen. Right? But, again, what we've grown accustomed to is two-thirds of that. And we leave out verse 20. But we can't do that. See, that goes back to, again, are we making disciples, or are we just making converts for a badge of honor? All right? We, we have to be careful of that. All right? Amen. Wow. Amen. All right? Let's look at Ashley. All right? So Jesus preached the kingdom of God and taught the word. So Jesus taught about spiritual life. In Matthew 22, 36 and 40. We're not going to turn there. Matthew 22, verse 36 and 40. He talked about the two greatest commandments. Right, love God, love our neighbor. as also right. I already talked about the Great Commission, and the word commission actually just means order or instruction. Right? And I read about the uh, Beatitudes and Lord's Prayer. So these are things that we have to focus on, things that we have to study. That's what's going to get us through this life, right? And even see and. It's important for us also not to neglect the Old Testament. Right? Because guess what? When you see someone and you read about someone like Daniel, that's encouraging. That should be encouraging to us. Right? Because we have much more freedom today than what Daniel had. Even though Daniel had a position, he was still held captive. Yes. Right? Not by one reason, but three. Three or four. Right? And, yeah, he had... he had a leadership position, but still, he was bound under their rules and their regulations. Right, but we have a lot more freedom now, and we're all of us today. But yet, Daniel stood in faith. Right, even when Daniel was in lines lions den, he stood in faith. Right, and we were talking about before service about Job. <laughs> Look at all Job went through. Yes. Right, that should be another encouragement. Because again i gonna go through. No matter how bad it gets, it ain't gonna be what Job went through. (laughs) I can't guarantee that, but high probability. I'm 99% sure that it won't be as bad as Job got. Right? So when they, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you're right. It may feel like it, but trust me, Job had it a lot worse. Right? But Job wouldn't forsake God. He, when his wife came and told him forsake him, curse him, he wouldn't do it. Nope. Right? Because Amen. he knew God's character. That's right. Amen. We have to know God's character Amen. in our lives and our walk. Amen. Right? Because if we know God's character, we know He's not going to leave us. That's or right. Forsake us. That's right. Right? No matter what we go through. That's right. Amen. He's going to be there. That's right. Carrying us. That's right. Walking with us. That's right? right? And He's given us the Comforter. That's right. The Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So we are never alone. Amen. So if we believe believing that, the Holy Spirit is on Amen. the inside of us. What trouble can we face? Amen. Praise the Lord. Right? Amen. Through struggles financially, through sickness, it doesn't matter. God doesn't is still matter. God. God is still God. Right? Regardless of what's on the inside of my body, guess what? The Holy Spirit is there. Amen. The Holy Spirit is there. So? of our lives. He loves us that much to bring us back around. Right? Again, but we have to learn him. We have to know him. And see, again, that's why Daniel trusted him. Right? We look at Daniel in fame, but Daniel had a relationship, and that's the difference, right? That's supposed to be the difference between us and those who are of a religious nature. We have a relationship with God. Right? So again, everywhere we go, he goes. We don't have to fear. Right? No matter how young, how old we are, it doesn't matter. He's going to protect us. Right? We can't be around our family members. We can't be around our children because it's nerve-wracking when I know my daughters are going out driving. Right? Right? It's nerve-wracking. But I just pray, God, you got it. Mm -hmm. Right? I can't control them. Mm -hmm. But God knows. Right? God God knows. And, And that's what we have to pray for. Because we can only control so much, right? God knows. And the truth of the matter is, guess what? The more time we spend with him, he'll reveal things, right? Sometimes our kids may think they're getting away with stuff, but God will reveal it, right? Yep. <laughs> right? Because truth be told, we've probably had people in our own lives that exposed us for some things when we were younger, right? We did certain things, and somebody else that was walking with God said, I know what you're doing, and this is what you're doing. And they read a whole mail on <laughs> God. Right? I'm like, how, how did God? you know that? Mm-hmm. Right? Because of God. Right? Because He's that word. Amen. I ain't Amen. to go there. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So let's look at uh, Nehemiah chapter 9. Verse 30. Scott 20. Nehemiah 9, verse 20. Again, okay, see, because even back here, they talked. Nehemiah chapter 9. I still have some pages turning, so I'll wait. <laughs> mean. Table of contents. Okay. Table okay. Of contents. <laughs> no shame in that. Table of contents or get a <laughs>
1: That's why I'm usually the first one there. Nehemiah
0: chapter 9 verse 20. You also gave your good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold your manner from their mouth, and gave them water for their thirst. So the Holy Spirit helps us. He teaches us. And, and Jesus said it, right? He's going to give us the com- comforter, what? To bring us a remembrance of his what? Word. Amen. Right? So we're not to take the Holy Spirit lightly. Right? And, and the Holy Spirit comes to glorify Jesus. Right? But we have to get in the Word. We have to stay in the Word. These are the things that we teach. So yes, we're going to come up here soon and, and talk about healings and, and miracles and things like that. But we can't neglect the Word of God, amen. Right, and and that is what made Jesus different because He gave the Word. And guess what? Jesus taught. He taught the Old Testament, right? He taught the Old Testament, and He was different because the you know, Old Testament is still the Word, but Jesus was the Word, right? So nobody could teach it as good as Jesus. Because He was the Word. He's teaching about Himself. Right? He was teaching about Himself. right? So now as we teach, as we preach, now we're teaching about Jesus. Right? We're giving the Word. So every time we go to the Word, we should see Christ. Amen. All right. All right, so the Holy Spirit guides us. He teaches us. Uh, John 14 verse 26 says this. But the help of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. Now, how do we know what he said to us if we don't know the word? Right? Because sometimes we may not. See, I came up here thinking earlier today that I was gonna come teach you something else, and then I got here, my mind went blank. <laughs> right? But I just gotta trust on the Lord with that, right? That I will say what he wants me to say. Amen. Uh 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11 says this. 2 Timothy chapter 1. To which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. So Paul was a preacher and a teacher. See, but many people focus focuses on the miracles that Paul did. right? That, that's not the focus of his ministry. That wasn't the focus of Jesus' ministry. But Jesus' the focus of Jesus' ministry was his teaching and his preaching about the kingdom. Acts 11, 26 says this. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Right? And we read that on Wednesday. Right? Uh, not this past Wednesday, but the other Wednesdays, uh, a few Wednesdays ago. Right? Be- because they were getting the word. They were sitting down and like, getting the word. All right? Uh, let's see. 2 Timothy, uh, yeah, Timothy chapter 2, verse 2 says this. And the things that you have heard from me, I think I read this earlier, but I'll read it again. And the things that you heard from me, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Alright? So let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And this is how important teaching is, because... Really, there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that will neglect teaching. They just want to hear the preaching. Right? But they will neglect teaching. But how do I know teaching is actually a gift from God? Teachers are a gift from God. And this is how important teachers are into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First apostles. Second prophets. Third teachers. Right? So, who appointed them? God. God. So, how can we neglect teaching? Because God appointed teachers. So, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administration, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? We're earnestly designed the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. So we all to come together. All our giftings, we come together. It's a big melting pot. right? So we all are supposed to be a piece to the puzzle. Amen. Right? So it's not we focus on, or hey, I desire that. I want to be like that. one, Or I want to be like, no, what is God giving you? Because we all Amen. have a gift. You've heard me say it before. We all have a gift. And if you don't know, you need to ask God. Amen. Right? You need to ask God. But going back to verse twenty-eight, notice he puts apostles, prophets, teachers. And then he says, after that, miracles. Why do people focus in on the miracles before the other stuff? That shouldn't be. Yeah. But this is the word. This is the word. Because people are not reading the word. This is important for us to read the word. Uh let's go to Acts thirteen. the church that was at Antioch there were certain prophets and teachers prophets and teachers Barnabas Simeon who was called Niger Lucius of Cyrene many who have been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul as they ministered to the Lord and fasted the Holy Spirit said now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them they sent them away so there were certain prophets and teachers there all right, that's what I want us to focus on. So, to be, and y'all heard me say this a while back, that you have people talk about apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, but nobody ever talks about teachers. <laughs> nobody ever says anything about teachers. But teachers are a gift. They're vital to the body of Christ. Because why? Teachers instruct in the word of God. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I was about to say uh, last scripture, but it won't be. I don't know what it is. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Why is teaching important? Beginning at verse 1. 2 Timothy 4 verse 1. I charge you therefore before God in the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebu- rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching, and teaching, right? Verse 3, for the time will come, this is why we have to preach the word, this is why we exhort, this is why we teach, for the time will come, as we are in these days right now. Yes, ma'am. When... For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Sound doctrine means sound teaching. Yeah. amen. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. For you be watchful in all things. Endure affliction. Do the work of the evangelists, Fulfill your ministry. Okay, what? So, some people have itching ears. They're going to gravitate to those ministers that appease them. They're going to gravitate to those ministers that's going to give them the signs and wonders all the time. Or the ministers that's going to talk about the prosperity and the money and getting rich. And the health and the wealth prosperity gospel. Right? They're going to gravitate to those. But, is that sound doctrine? Right? This is why it's important for us to preach the word. And what word are we preaching? Them of God. Amen. Right? And then exhort. The, the preaching should exhort. <laughs> so when someone preaches, they're exhorting the people, encouraging the people. Right? And then again, the teaching. Right? They, the preaching and the teaching is going to go hand in hand. Right? And now, as we preach and as we teach, guess what? It's going to lead us into the healing. Right? So now, even as we read here in 2 Timothy chapter 4, when they uh, say, they will heap up for themselves, they will have itching ears. People for themselves, teachers. Teachers that's going to please them. But guess what? Those teachers are going to be held accountable. And every preacher, every apostle, prophet, evangelist that are teaching the word that are not teaching it properly are going to be held accountable. James 3 and 1, this will be the last verse. see, it's always funny how I hear people say, oh yeah, I want to preach the word, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to pass it. You don't realize how many hits you take. <laughs> you know, as Christians in general, we take hits. But it's even more when you're up here and you're pastoring. Or or you're operating, you're functioning in the calling of an apostle or evangelist. You're taking a lot of hits. right? But why is it important for us to teach sound doctrine? James chapter 3, verse 1. My brethren, let, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. A stricter judgment. A stricter judgment. Right? So, if we're going to get up here and we're going to teach, right? if God's calling you to teach, yeah, that's fine. Right? But you better be teaching the Word of God. Because His judgment is coming. You know, actually, as Christians, we're living in judgment now. And if we're teaching people wrong things, and we're teaching people to basically feed their emotions. And that's a, what's a lot going on in the body of Christ. Emotions are getting fed, right? Or f- teach them to feed their flesh, right? Let them know it's okay for you to go out and do this because God still loves you, right? But it's not okay. Because guess what? Jesus also talked about hell. <laughs> right. Jesus talked about hell. But you got a lot of people today that won't even mention hell. That's a foreign word. Or foreign language. He talked about hell than he did Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because he doesn't want us to. He doesn't want to see any person right. go to hell. He outside doesn't. Outside the devil. But he's not a person. Right? Every human being that walked the earth, Jesus never wanted them to go to hell. And it's a choice that we have. Right? And I feel for those, I feel sorry for those that are Teach your wrong doctrine. Yes. Alright, I forgot. Uh, let's go back to uh, Matthew 9. I'm sorry. Not the last question, James. <laughs> it just came to me. So you might want me to say it. Or read it. Alright, I read 35. We'll go to 36. James chapter 9 beginning at verse 36. But when he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, just imagine, see, we have to learn to have compassion for people. Right, and then even when you're up here as functioning a office of ministry, we have to have compassion for people. That's what Jesus had. He had compassion because people can get you frustrated. People make you frustrated. I right? <laughs> get an amen. On that. <laughs> <laughs> but even still, we have to have compassion, right? So Jesus, he saw them as lost sheep, right? But the the the, the kicker was this. These are the same people that were going into the synagogues, being taught by the Pharisees and the scribes. So we have to ask, what were they teaching them? Because here they were, they were lost. Scattered. We have a whole world out here that's lost and scattered. All right? So you don't have to just be a pastor to be a shepherd. You can shepherd. That's like going back to mentoring somebody. All right? You, you can still shepherd somebody by mentoring them. Right, but we have to have compassion for people, be willing to help people in that aspect. And, and that, again, goes back to the Great Commission and making disciples. Right, We're teaching them to obey God's commandments. Everything that Jesus taught, that's what we're teaching them. Right? We don't make stuff up. We don't do things just to appease people. Yeah, and you all heard me say, there's nothing wrong going out and feeding people. Nothing wrong with that. Right, But that wasn't the premise of Jesus' ministry. It wasn't feeding. You have ministries. That's what they focus on, the feeding of the people. It's not a bad thing, but what good is it to feed people if you're not teaching them? Amen. Where are they going? How are they going to grow? Are they actually going to become disciples? Or are they just going to become people who get fed, get their bellies full, just like in Jesus' day, and then when times get hard, walk off. Because a lot of us now, a lot of us as Christians, a lot of Christians still on milk. We need to be on meat. Right? We need to be on meat. And y'all heard me say, and I don't think I heard it, but Hebrews talks about that. Really, faith is an elementary principle. Faith is an elementary principle because it should be automatic as believers. We should be in faith. Right? We should be in faith. We should live in faith, live by faith, walk in faith. That should be automatic. Again, doesn't mean we won't get hit, right? Doesn't mean we may not have a moment of a lapse in, in our faith walk, but it should be consistently there, right? To the point to where now we don't have to get taught that. Why? Because we're walking with Him, right? But again, we have to dig into the Word. We have to dig into the Word, and you know I get it. Sometimes King James can be far. It can be far. It was far to me when I first got saved, but I asked the Lord for understanding, and then gave it to me. And then, you know, God is so good, He gave me understanding. And I mostly read the New King James, but even then, I was reading King James and I had to check to see if I was reading the correct version, because I just understood it. With, even with the these and vowels Right? It was just like reading a regular, It was to me, it was like reading a New Living Translation. Right? But that was God. That was God because He'll equip us. That's right. All we got to do is ask. See? Not. Nah. Right? That applies to understanding the scriptures. That's all we got to do. Not. Nah. <laughs> Why? Amen. Because it's his word. Right? And again, we got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Right? Yeah, is it okay to look up things to get understanding? Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, again, that's what teachers do. Right? But sometimes we, we, we need to ask. Right? And as we ask, he's going to give it to us. That much more. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's stop there. Let's bow here.